I, uh, I am grateful as a dad to, uh, to have my daughter. Uh, we never thought we'd be in this church for that long. I think when we first came as youth pastors, I thought I'd be here for two years. It's going on like 14 now. Um, but it's been a blessing to have my kids raised uh, in this church under the ministries of this church. Uh, to th- that sleepover when Courtney first uh, came, I don't think I thought that my kids would be in this ministry all through it. Good job, Michael. Good job. And Michael's coming up on his as well. I won't keep you long. I got 10 minutes. All right. Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 says this. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them, but Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You know, when you first hear this, the disciples can kind of sound like they're coming off kind of harsh, right? Kind of mean, like, why are the disciples keeping the kids from coming to Jesus? But actually, as Barclay puts it, he says they recognize what Jesus was going through. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to face a cross and to face his death. And, and, and so Barclay suggests that the disciples could probably see the inner tensions of Jesus' heart expressed on his face. And so out of kindness to Jesus, when these people are coming, these parents with their kids, they're basically saying, you know what, hey, not now, you know, leave him alone, he just needs some room, much like we would if dad comes home and maybe he's got a lot on his mind and maybe he's overwhelmed or thinking or stressed or whatever it may be, the same kind of words mom might say where, hey, you know, not now, leave dad alone right now, he just needs some time. Well, this is kind of what's happening with the disciples in Jesus But what I love about this picture that it paints to us of who Jesus is, is that Jesus, even when he's overwhelmed, Jesus, because you remember the tension in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was very real. Yes, he was God. Yes, he was man. But that tension of having to face death on a cross was something he asked God the Father, hey, if it be your will, can you take this from me? And so that doesn't take away the, the immense pressure, stress, and almost anxiety on his life at that moment. Yet in the midst of all of this, he stops And he almost rebukes his disciples and says, no, let the kids come to me. He wasn't so overwhelmed. He wasn't so stressed. He wasn't so distracted that he would prevent kids from coming to him. Kids' ministry in this church is crucial for us. Kids' ministry in this church is not just a program. It's It's not babysitting. It is bringing our kids to Jesus Christ. It is our, our, our men and women, our teachers who, who give their time. And many of them aren't parents themselves. But I'll tell you one thing. They're parents to your kids on Wednesday nights. And they lead them and they pour into them. And so in this church, when we honor on Mother's Day and Father's Day, everyone who's 18 and above, it's because whether you are a biological parent or not, many of them in this church are parents to the kids that come here on Wednesday nights. And so kids' ministry is incredibly important. That's why we thought it was fitting to do this on Father's Day. As a father sitting there watching my kids who are getting older now receive wards is awesome. 
It's awesome. And I am grateful to the teachers uh, of, of our kids' ministries for pouring in and, and blessing our children. One of the things that challenges me about the passage I just read is that when I look at myself as a father, I realize how much I come up short compared to Jesus Christ. When I look at myself as a father and I see, man, when Jesus is going through so much and the kids are coming to him, he still says, hey, let him come to me. He wasn't distracted from his mission and from his purpose. I wish my life was like that. I wish that, that I could not be accused by my own children. But sometimes they come up to me and say, Dad, I'm talking, but are you listening? And I go, yeah, I'm hearing words. I'm hearing you say things. My mind is somewhere else, right? So many times, so many times in my life as a father, man, I can recognize, man, I, I haven't been the father that I wish I could have been and should have been. I remember the first time I held Courtney. It was awesome, but like all new fathers, this was a new scary thing. Taking Courtney home, she was born in an army hospital at Fort Bragg, and, and I almost wish they could keep her longer. Not because I didn't love her. I just wasn't sure that bringing her home was the best thing for her, not if we wanted her to live. I wasn't sure how we'd get this done. I was 21 at the time. At the time, I thought I was pretty old. Looking back now, I go, no, you were a kid yourself at 21. Lori didn't know what she was doing, and I certainly had no clue. And there were all kinds of things like cleaning around the baby's belly button. Man, that's just still the day. Like, ah, oh, like, how do you do that? You know, like, man, can you just do this? Can we just bring her in for this? You know, just, I mean, parents look at me now, probably go, oh, you're such a wimp. Well, it is what it is. But that for me was just, man, like, ah. Oh. And then diaper rash, sorry, Courtney, and then, and, you know, just changing diapers, it was just a little bit too much for me. I just, I just knew that if she survived one week, it would be a miracle. I remember earaches, right, parents? Only the first time you experienced earache, you didn't know what it was. I remember Courtney having an earache, and she was crying, and nothing we could do could, could console her. We couldn't stop the pain. And, and so finally, about 2 a.m., we rush her to the, to the emergency room, convinced something's going on with her. And the doctor looks at her and says, ah, she's pulling at her ear. She's got an earache. I thought she was pulling at everything. I didn't know what she was, you know. And then within seconds, he takes this ointment out, and he just drops it in her ear. And I'm not kidding you. It was like immediately she stops crying and starts smiling. I knew then, man, I had to get some of that ointment. Bicycle wrecks, whatever, get that ointment out. Emotional things, put that ointment on. I just wish it was that easy just to stop the crying. But as a father, man, it's not easy as a father. Fathers make mistakes. Fathers are not perfect. I've had my share of successes that I wish would define my life as a father. And I've had my share of failures as well. The last one I will mention was the time when Michael, at age four, ran across Washington Street and almost got hit four times by cars, all while he was supposed to be under his loving, watchful eye of his father, while Lori just went to get her hair done. It was at that moment in my life where it was so real and so scary and just overwhelming. I remember sitting which in my office at the time, which is now Pastor Rennie's office, and just, you know, yes, the, 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 having to break that to Lori was not something I was looking forward to, but at the same time, the recognition of what was I doing? 
why was I so distracted? And I felt like God said to me in that moment, Selwyn, you won't always be there for him when he needs you, but I will. But I will. It's been in my failures and in my imperfection as a father that I've realized how perfect he is as a father. For Father's Day, it's a time of great celebration for many people. For some, they can celebrate amazing and awesome fathers, which we have many in this church. And for others, it's a time of pain. For others, even the thought of coming to church on Father's Day is something that they have to work themselves up to because they think, man, I didn't have a father like the father on the video. Or someone, I didn't have a father like your father. I remember with Lori, uh, I had a great father, but when we first started going to church in the, on Father's Day, I remember one day going and Lori started crying, and it was beyond me. And she said to me, someone, I didn't have a father like you had. And for, for many of us, and it's actually growing and growing, they don't have these stories of fathers like this. But I want to tell you this. No father is perfect. No father is perfect. This one certainly is not. And if you really think you're perfect, ask your kids. They'll probably be honest with you and tell you you're not. All right? But here's the beautiful thing. Imperfect fathers can point to the perfection of who Jesus Christ is. What I love about God is this. One of the things that he says is this. And I'm jumping all over to trying to abbreviate this. He said that he would be a father to the fatherless, didn't he? He he would be a father to the fatherless. I love the fact that that is in Scripture. That means years and years ago, he knew how important that would be for those who do not have fathers. It means that he realized years and years ago, from the beginning of time, he wanted that to be a message to you today because he knew that there would be people years down and even then that would not have an earthly father that they could relate to and say, that is who my father is. And so he had it put in his word that he would be not like a father, but he would be a father to the fatherless. And what I love about that is while none of us have perfect fathers, the only picture of a perfect father comes in the form of who Jesus is. And so on Father's Day, whether you have a father that you can celebrate on earth or not, we can all celebrate the fact that we have a father in heaven who is perfect. Is perfect. And my hope and my prayer is that From this point on, if Father's Day has been a challenge or a pain or a sore spot in your life, that that can change. That coming to church on Father's Day, you can come and you can celebrate, man, the only perfect father who really ever existed, and he is your father. I want to basically close this out real quick with Psalm 139. What I love about Psalm 139 is to me as I read this, it's almost like a Father's Day card, but to God. You know, on Father's Day, many fathers probably receive cards, and and when you give cards, you try and find something that reflects, you know, how you feel about your dad. For Michael, it would be like, Dad, you let me cross Washington Street. What a jerk, you know, whatever it may be. But we try and find cards that reflect feelings. And what I love about this is that this really tells us and describes and gives a really good picture of who God is as a father. Let me read it. Psalm 139. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in 
behind and before. And you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will be not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What I love about this is you may have been conceived by your parents, but you were made by him. Your parents can have hopes and dreams for you, but God has more than hopes and dreams for you. God is not limited by hopes and dreams. He has purpose. And so when he formed you and when you were put together in your mother's womb, regardless of how wonderful your earthly father is or was not, your purpose and your love is made complete in who he is. And he is your father, despite how good or how bad your earthly father may have been. As a father... The greatest thing I can do for my children, the greatest impact, the greatest investment, the greatest gift I could give, the greatest mark I could leave on my children is to live a life, a life of an imperfect father that points to the perfect father. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, Plans to give you hope and a future. This morning, no matter where you find yourself, I hope you will take courage and pleasure and joy and honor not just your earthly father today, but the father of all heaven and earth and our father who created us and gave us life, who loves us, that even in your darkest Place, you cannot get away from him. He will never let you down. You will never be alone. He knows when you come. He knows when you go. He knows when you raise up. He knows when you sit down. That is a father that will be with you forever. And even as we watch that video today, is that father coming off the stands to be with him. Man, I love that picture because that's an image of Jesus Christ to you. If you will let him wrap his arms around you, He will take you and he will walk with you through the pain, through the hardship, and he will be your father like you've never had. He is the father that said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I just want to ask our prayer team to come and make themselves available this morning. We're going to close the service down. If you're here this morning and you need prayer on any level, 
Maybe Father's Day has been a tough time for you. Maybe, maybe it was a challenge even coming here this morning. Man, my, my prayer is that you'd come and you'd pray with someone and they would just basically help you to leave that here and walk out of here with a new picture of Father's Day. The fact that you can be here in this place even though your father wasn't around. You are here because you have a father in heaven that loves you and cares about you and has brought you to this place. He found you. He sought you out. He's delivered you. And some of you are in that process, but man, he's got you and he will see you through. As we bow our heads, these altars will be open. Pastor Rene will close us out in worship and then we are dismissed. Lord Jesus, we just come before you. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the wonderful fathers that are in this place. God, I thank you for those who can tell wonderful stories on, on how they've been blessed by their fathers and encouraged by their fathers. Imperfect fathers as they may be, Lord God, but they have been a blessing, Lord God. And we celebrate them and we honor them and we thank you for them. God, we also pray for those this morning who don't have that earthly image of a father in their minds. Maybe the picture of an earthly father brings up scars or hurt or pain. And I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would just touch them in a way that only you can. God, that you would heal that pain. Lord God, that you would deliver them, Lord God, from that soreness. I pray, Father, for those who are in this place this morning, that you would help them release that and lay it at your feet, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that even as I believe you have spoke to them this morning, that they would embrace what you have said. They would embrace the fact that you are their father, Lord God. You're not like a father or kind of a father. You are their father. You are their perfect father. They haven't been shortchanged because you've got them, Lord Jesus. And you can use even the bad things in their lives, Lord God, and use it to build them, Lord God, and minister to them, Lord God, and minister through them, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your love is bigger and stronger than any love, good or bad, of an earthly father. And we celebrate you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the father to the fatherless. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being a father to those who have great fathers, Lord God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for setting us free. I pray now that you would bless this church and keep them. Be with these fathers. Give them a wonderful day. God, for those who look at their lives and are just convicted by the imperfections, Lord God, I pray that, Lord, you would set them free and help them to realize, Lord God, that you, Lord God, can take their imperfections and use it to point to you. Have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. God bless. Have a wonderful Father's Day. And these altars are open. I have a father. He calls me his own.
aus mir so. Oh. 